back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I swear to God, it's a heart-to-heart podcast. <laughs> I am your diehard romantic, <laughs> Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the virgin sacrifice, Joe Garber. Oh, yes, it's still Chain Reaction Spooky Edition. Halloween is over, but we're not mm. letting go. Yes, uh, we will never let go of Halloween, ever. Halloween's never over. Never, True. <laughs> depending on until, never. until Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> never over. <laughs> uh, we follow Chris Mulkey from Twin Peaks mm-hmm. to 1988's Hank. Jack's Back. Jack's Back. <laughs> from one of my favorite name directors, Rowdy Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. It's like film director or WWE. Funny enough, he also directed a movie called Roadhouse, which that name fully fits. Which I love. <laughs> Everyone loves Roadhouse. <laughs> oh Roadhouse is a stone cold classic. Mm. Uh, Just like Jack's Black. Jack's Back. Jack's Black is Jack's a completely Black. different movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jack's Black. <laughs> uh, it's about art criticism. Anyway, I am going to start us off today <laughs> with... The Minute Max on Jack's Back, which is going to be interesting because, listener, <laughs> I didn't get to finish the movie. Oh. I, I've seen this movie. <gasps> I've wow. seen this movie multiple times. I genuinely love it. Mm. Uh, don't feel bad about talking shit about it, <laughs> as mm-hmm. if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we're going to have to. My memory of the conclusion is going to be a little bit iffy. But also, I probably won't get there because that's how a minute max goes. So I just here we go. finished watching it 20 minutes ago, and my memory of the conclusion is iffy. So I think we're in a good spot. Okay. This is shaping up really nicely. I know. It's wonderful. <laughs> here we go. Uh, 1988, James Spader vehicle, Jack's back. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is a copycat killer doing Jack the Ripper murders on the 100th anniversary of those uh, original murders. And he's killing sex workers, duh, um, in Los Angeles. And the in walks James Spader, who is an idealistic young doctor who works in a free clinic. Uh, he just really wants to help people in Echo Park. He is. Uh, he works alongside a woman who looks like Fievel and a uh, older doctor who looks like a zombie, <laughs> and then a super hot janitor slash nurse question mark. Uh, who is helping uh, women give get abortions past the legal term, which results Ugh. in the death of one patient. This is why uh, abortion is healthcare and should be legal and accessible to everyone. Well, political uh, statement. I know. Uh, anyway, it's a whodunit, and uh, there's a big cast of who's and only one done it. <laughs> Please don't use your Minute Max as your vehicle for politics <laughs> i can use it for whatever i like That's true. <laughs> except for completing the plot of a movie <laughs> <laughs> okay it's my turn right yes you're always right <laughs> oh weird that we're switching the order this is for this week jack's back james spader is a young doctor just like eric said and he is going to give <laughs> a young sex worker a, an abortion at her house and so he goes to do that and then he walks in the room and she's been murdered and then he finds his coworker there and his coworker pushes him down on the body but then he chases him and then he goes back james spader goes back to the doctor's office to call the police <laughs> and the the his coworker 
whose name is Jack, <laughs> slams the phone shut and then murders James Spader. Uh oh, our our protagonist is dead. But wait, uh, that was all a nightmare. But it was his twin's nightmare because his twin is here to solve the case. His twin's name I forget. And he starts working with a, another colleague who is a nice uh, person to help solve the murder. And they go to a bunch of random locations to investigate what happened. And then. Uh, they it ends up he gets hypnotized and then he goes back and gets hypnotized again and reveals that the main <laughs> head doctor who was an asshole the whole time was actually the murderer the entire time, <laughs> and he tries to murder the girl he's working with but he, uh, the twin kills him. The end. <laughs> wow. Oh. Mm, nothing further, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Just spend a minute in right. the middle of the, the minute. Defense rests. Yeah. The defense rests. Just silence. Defense rests, and then silence <laughs> for thirty seconds each. <laughs> okay. 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 Um. Okay. Oh, that's right. It's 1988, and Jack's back. You know why? Because 1988 is the 100th anniversary of the killings in London's uh, Whitechapel neighborhood by, that's right, Jack the Ripper. So Jack's back. Get it? There's also a guy <laughs> named Jack. I kind of stopped caring who that was. But so there is like a thing where um, sex workers are getting um, attacked and then posed as Jack the Ripper had. And so everybody's afraid and there's a bunch of detectives who are dedicated to that. But so there's this thing where James Spader's playing a doctor and we know he's a doctor in the 80s because he's wearing a whimsically patterned shirt under mm. his lab coat. Yes. But so um, <laughs> basically James Spader in a scene that is uh, kind of disturbing, he thinks he's exposed the killer, but then that guy turns around and murders him, but he stages a fake suicide then there's a bunch of other shit. And then um, James Spader's twin, who is a manager at a sneaker store, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> he like comes back and, and avenges his death because they're twins. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That That's was it. Happened. Great. Yeah. I love this movie. Wow. I still love it. I was like, I was thinking when uh -huh. I chose, when I chose it, I thought, Oh, this is going to be the time that it shows its warts to me. Yeah. <laughs> that it shows its, it's horrible. It's going to nightbreed. It's going to nightbreed me. Uh, and, but then I remembered that Ellen chose nightbreed. <laughs> so you were no. safe. Weird. I, I don't. I, I never pretend otherwise. <laughs> you know what? I, I like this movie name? a lot. I think it's. I think it's cleverly written. Um, it's. It's not expertly directed. Like the material isn't handled beautifully, but it's not bad. I find it super entertaining. I think James Spader is this may be the most charismatic he's ever been to me in both roles mm. as the young idealistic mm. doctor and the the kind of loser hot guy mm. yeah. <laughs> who works at a shoe store called Second Soul, by the way. <laughs> Which, I, yeah, that's so great. Beautiful. I want to go to Second Soul. Second Soul. Um, saw this one with my mom in the theater when it, on opening weekend. Uh, we wow. liked we liked it then too. So that, of course, obviously plays into a little bit of right. why why I love this movie. Um, but it's also it's an LA noir, and I love an LA noir. Like hmm. like, there's very few things I like more than an LA noir. So there's something that happens in this movie that makes me so sad because I've experienced it, and it it's hypnosis. not twin telepathy it's not hypnosis it's not being murdered in the style of jack the ripper 
it is going to a pub and wanting fish and chips yes. and they're like the kitchen's closed <laughs> yeah can anyone explain to me and why everyone at the pub was so mad at james because at- they thought he was a murderer but they were why would they think like was- isn't that that asshole from pretty and pink yeah <laughs> yeah exactly they, they know they that he's that they know that guy's dead though that whole scene is so he goes with the young doctor to start working with her to solve Five these Alette. murders. Yes. They go to this pub. They're like, we need to talk. I have things to tell you. And then they're like, um, so like how long you been a doctor? And then it's like, oh, I got to go. And then they get up and leave. They, they talk about like two things. And then like, we need to talk more. Let's meet again. And it's like, <laughs> well, you're here now at the pub. Your drinks just arrived and you're getting up to leave. I was so, that scene was weird. It was weird. Everyone was being weird to him. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's Although he was also like, I, I, I love that the waitress called out uh, when he said beer. She <laughs> says, "What kind?" Which I, yeah. I, I adore that. I just, <laughs> I hate it in but movies when people just the, go beer. Because mm-hmm. the other woman weirdly orders bass, yeah. which I have to say, no one ever has done in the history of time. Don't it's, let the bass brewers fool you. No one has ever placed that order, ever. That Never, bar, ever. That bar was heavily bass uh, inundated. Right. It's never happened. No. It is a fantasy film immediately shifts uh, it is. to being a fantasy film. Yeah. So, sorry, listener, we we had some technical difficulties, and now we're back. And um, we're back. We're back. I uh, bet they didn't even notice. Yeah, they, they probably, probably didn't. They weren't here. I don't think us. anyone's listening anyway. <laughs> oh, well, that makes it. We have listener. Worthwhile. <laughs> Sorry, listener. I'm, I don't mean to. I, stop erasing listener. Mm-hmm. Eric. <laughs> You're erasing listener. I feel like because we were talking about, you know, like, Eric, so you thought maybe this movie would lose its shine for you, but it has not. It, it has not. This test of time. Um, I have no memory of ever seeing this movie, but how can that be possible? <laughs> um, and Joe, this is this your first time seeing this? Yes. Okay, so we've got a lot <laughs> of different different points yeah. here, but I feel like <laughs> I feel attacked in the hands of another <laughs> director. I feel like this could really have lift off. Like yes. I feel like there's just enough. Um, it's just sliced and diced up in a really interesting way. I think that it's just about the pacing. Um, and that's not, there's no issues for me with anyone who is in the film itself. It's just that I think if it was tightened up um, in a few places, it would really crackle would as a noir story. Definitely and change for me, the title. Yeah. The title's not good. Um, None of the three of us, to our knowledge, is a twin. Mm-mm. Right? I, and I don't think I so. I am fascinated by the, the strange, like, relationship of the twins, which is the key thing in this, in this story. So for people familiar with the Corsican brothers in particular, like, there's so many things over time, not the crazy offensive movie but the book by alexandra dumas um not, not the just Cheech the and idea version? <laughs> you know no shade but um the idea that twins 
are connected somehow. So, of course, in the Corsican brothers, they're they're born conjoined and then separated. And so then um, so much of the story swirls around this idea, real or imagined, that they then share sensation, memory, oh. and communication as a result of being identical, but also of being conjoined. And so there's a lot of discussion around it and a lot of testimony and experimentation and things on twins specifically. And some people say like, well, it's because um, twins have such a shared experience because they are almost always, you know, if you have twins in your family that aren't separated, they are going to be closer than to each other, than to the other children, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And that some of it is just about having a very tight-knit relationship, not about any kind of thing within their genome or something about being identical. Mm -hmm. But so one out of every 30 folks or something like there's like there's a surprising number of twins which isn't the same thing as there being a surprising number of identical twins but do you believe in any of these superstitions surrounding like coincidence or or connectivity or telepathy among twins because that's what this is this movie completely is hinged upon the fact that james spader's um not jack but richard ricky that he that they are connected even though they are distant they are estranged basically Mm -hmm. in the story but that he is seeing through his twins eyes which is a classic like creepy twin story thing yeah totally i believe in a lot of weird things about twins (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh but none of them are necessarily as paranormal as this Mm -hmm. uh uh I don't know though. There's I I know that I've I've experienced um things with my mom and sister where we suddenly are either coincidentally or not like just have a a sudden urge to contact the other and something mm-hmm. is sometimes going on. Like it's it's just it's mm-hmm. a weird thing. Where sometimes, like, the only person that I need to, t- to hear from right now is my mom, and then she calls. Are you and your mom and mm-hmm. your sister triplets? We're twins. Yeah. Uh, no, we're actually, we're just, there's only two of us. <laughs> it's a Norman Bates You're scenario. conjoined. Yeah, conjoined. Um, Hi, Shirley. But, like, you know, the, she, uh, the stuff, the weird twin stuff that I, you know, of course, believe in because it's just real is, like, the shared languages, the, yeah. the, um, the you know the what do you, what do you call that the suggestive language um mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. can they mm-hmm. can do a a gesture or a or something imperceptible to other people mm-hmm. and communicate mm-hmm. um that mm-hmm. i all that's all real to me like that's 100 it makes sense to me um mm-hmm. but i don't know seeing through others eyes is a that's a whole other thing the stretch, yeah. I believe it the same <laughs> the same way where it's like this shared experience creates this language or whatever experience that you might have these feelings at the same time and you know a lot of coincidences can happen with that and i don't it's like it feels more boring i guess but i don't believe there's like a telepathic connection in any in any way really um so yeah the same Mm -hmm. i believe yeah i believe that exists for sure i want there to be i know (laughs) i want to believe yeah (laughs) i want to believe I feel like if I looked at my birth certificate and saw that I was part of a twin birth, I would be for some dumb, like for 
I would be irrationally excited oh, yeah. at the thought of having a twin. All those nightmares um, would finally make sense to you. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think I, I don't know any identical twins actually in my life, but I know a fair number of fraternal twins. Oh. And I find that really interesting. But I feel like in my mind, like, as someone that sort of carries for better or for worse, like, I'm just, just... You know, I'm a lone wolf, but I also like isolate myself and I wonder like what it would be like to have a twin and how I think it'd be interesting to do a study on twins at various ages and how they feel about their own levels of loneliness as in, as individuals, because I would have to wonder if it is less because it could potentially be physically less or if it is exactly the same. I just think that's an interesting thing to consider, like, because I think even when we don't intend to, society does everything it can to connect twins. Like, it's like if you're not born conjoined, I feel like society attempts to... Oh, no. oh my god we are this is are uh, identical twins you just froze up a little bit I know. <laughs> what did you say if the if society forces them to what if they're if, not conjoined? if they're that, not conjoined that if they're not conjoined society um tends to want to magnet them together yeah, totally. whether they're identical or fraternal but especially with identical twins mm -hmm. um and i don't know if it's just that people assume that that's what they want or if it just is about putting things in order putting like with like or something yeah. but yeah. i feel like there's often the thing with twins where they're like i couldn't wait to get away mm. from my twin Ooh, i bet so that definitely this is also the topic of another one of my favorite movies called Personal Shopper. Oh, yeah. Like, it, this is, oh, it right. explores these ideas a little bit. But, mm -hmm. yeah. It's also a spooky movie. Yeah, totally. Movie. The yeah. We do know some, we know identical twins I know that, I, that I didn't know was an identical twin until I met his brother. And it was such a weird experience. That same thing happened to me. Yeah. I was not told. Yeah. I was not warned. Mm. Until they were, like, in the same house and we went over and it was just, like... A slightly like thicker version of yeah. our friend was like there. Like Funhouse Mirror. And it's so, that was <laughs> such a weird experience to have. So if you're a twin, right. please I mean, warn yeah, people. Please disclose. <laughs> Aesthetically fascinating. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just it's like at the points where you're, once you're out of the womb and your physiological experience is affected by your external environment, then you start to shift. Right. Mm -hmm. If one of you sunbathes all the time, if one of you breaks their legs skateboarding yeah. or whatever, like it all starts to evolve away from each other. Mm -hmm. But then at the core, your genome will always bring you back. I think that's really fascinating. It's really interesting. Did yeah. you did either of you happen to watch the documentary Three Identical Strangers? No. No, but it's on my list. It's, I feel like I can't handle that. <laughs> it's excellent. It's a really excellent documentary. It is a massive bummer. Oh. Um, but yeah, up until it becomes a bummer, oh wait, it's yeah. amazing. Like, and this. and all these things, like these are three identical twins mm -hmm. or uh, triplets. Mm -hmm. Triplets. <laughs> Sorry, wow. yeah, these are triplets, identical triplets that are separated at birth, and they share a language, they share an aesthetic. Yeah, they. It's it's kind of like it's the other side of this. Like it's the other, it's mm -hmm. the weird side that Spooky. I love. Because your brain, yeah. the the synapses in your brain are going to fire similarly, similar ways because yeah. they're identical, right? So that it's makes your so... your neural pathways, yeah. yeah, they remain like yeah, 
so, unaltered in a significant sense. Yeah. yeah. I so think that you, it's interesting the way that the physiological and the proximal shape the ideas that we then always, almost always manifest as some sort of paranormal or metaphysical occurrence, right? Mm -hmm. Totally. But it is fascinating and it's just rare enough. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, intriguing enough to be the fodder for so much better media <laughs> than Jack's back. <laughs> the that was surprising in this movie when they kill the protagonist. Oh yeah. And then yeah, he wakes it's up. It's like a it is like a shocking little twist. I did wonder it just much like the for me, the Jack the Ripper killers being redone, mm -hmm. it it's like why? Like, I don't know. I just was like it was used in a way that I didn't didn't really come together for me. Where I mean, it's a cool idea. It's, it's a cool idea for a film. Yeah, but it, it, it's just like a little detail to. Yeah, it doesn't have to be there to create yeah, the story. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> just to pin it on the guy named Jack in the movie, basically, like that's yeah. it makes him seem well, more guilty. The funny thing about it is that <laughs> Jack, the uh, the undisclosed Orderly? employee of this yeah. of this free clinic um mm -hmm. he i like to think of him as big head i like to think <laughs> uh -huh. of him as the legitimate murderer who is he's yeah. like a real live he, murderer he becomes a real live murderer which is crazy he because does it's like murder. i don't think that he i don't think that he murdered the woman he was trying to help get an, give an abortion hmm. um i mean unless uh, this is where, no, we, the doctor. where do we go there? Um, he left, right? The doctor murdered that girl and then left, I think. But it was unclear what... He was like basically Igor for that doctor. The evil doctor that actually is the murderer. I don't What's know going that, on between I them? I didn't get the impression that Jack had any connection to... Um, was it, what was his name? Simon? Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, um, that asshole. I, I felt like he went to i thought i've always in my brain it was just like he went to go help this woman and she bled out like because of a fucking botched home abortion right, i guess but then and he, then his reaction is to throw our lead character he, onto her body he freaks run. out he freaks out yeah and, and runs and becomes in that moment a murderer but the thing is that's the only well, he victim freaks out given. because he has a criminal past yeah but that's the the jack the ripper pattern of victim is a pregnant woman killed in her room and so that and that's the only one we're given i think for that to fit so it, that in my mind then it must have been sydney because he's the one the serial killer doing all these murders <clears throat> so he so i guess jack just also found her dead maybe or something it's I don't, it was... I, it's possible i get i it's it is possible that sydney was there like because he did leave jack left so jack leaves mm -hmm. sydney goes in kills her then jack jack comes back at the same time that john shows up um, all we do know after, yeah. after several hyp hypnosis episodes is that Sydney was back at the hospital watching John get strung up by Jack. But Jack did do yeah, that. It, yes. So, yeah. He killed him. He choked him to death. He and did. Then, and then he attempted to he came, when murder he his brother. When he gained consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, for me, I didn't really even have any concern or, or interest at all in who was murdering everybody <laughs> but that it's probably partly because the scene where he just chokes the life out of james spader as 
the doctor. <laughs> and then the scene where he hangs him is so explicit mm-hmm. and it goes on for a while intense yeah it's like oh i guess well i guess we're just gonna watch the whole damn thing <laughs> and we do and it is so weird i feel like it just sort of threw me off and then i never really climbed back on you know but i think it's i just kept laughing to myself because in my family my my one of my uncles was named Jack, and I think I've talked about this before. Where my dad's parents, like the kids, all had Japanese names, understandably, um, although they are Californians. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also then had American style names, which mm-hmm. of course is common in new immigrant families. But I have an uncle John and an uncle jack and many people of course would be quick to say that jack is actually a variation of john so you would not (laughs) commonly make the informed decision to name people (laughs) name two john and jack variations on the same name but in in the in defense of of the people that named these people that's a bullshit anglo-saxon thing like why where do you get jack from john why does Jack? Why does John need to be shortened to the same length of Jack? And why is Richard? I, I don't Dick? think it's a supremacist conspiracy of any merit. I'm just saying that it, it, that's a common thing in terms of the nomenclature there. Totally. But so I have a brother named Jack, named after my uncle Jack, not after my uncle John. Um, but so anytime someone says Jack in any context i automatically pay more attention or think it's weird and or funny Hmm. which is just dumb (laughs) i just have to text the clan really quick that you guys are on to us god (laughs) sorry um the clan (laughs) they're 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 on to us john john jack so when red alert red alert when we first when we first meet it's it's kind of the first time we meet Sydney. It's the when he first speaks. It's when yeah. when the uh, the sex worker who is pregnant uh, is leaving his office, and I, I love, love this. this he part. yells out like, "You're you're past the legal limit to get an abortion." He doesn't say to get an abortion. They never use the word abortion right. in the movie, uh, mm-hmm. and it's all implied. She she leaves and she's like, "I'm leaving," and he's like, "Don't go out tonight." don't you care about your unborn child? And my brain just goes, no, she wants an abortion. I love like, what this. Are you, what are you talking about? This sequence of events when she goes talking through and he says, you stay off the streets you hear or something like that. And she says, you tell my that to my pimp. Yeah. And then he screams, don't you care about your unborn child? It's the most insane yeah. dramatic. No, she doesn't. In the middle of the she lobby. She cares about herself. Yeah. Uh, like, well, that's such a wild interaction. There's a couple of moments in this movie where someone says something and then I have to just say no. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> the yeah. next one is when the uh the lieutenant police guy says, uh-huh. "Wait a minute. Do identical twins have identical fingerprints?" No. They <laughs> <laughs> and they let that that hang in the room for a minute which always cracks me up <laughs> i love when the cops are they're talking about how that's jack the ripper it's like the new murderers and we know that someone's gonna murder and then one of the cops is like what do you make of all this and the other one says we must stop it <laughs> and it's like yeah oh this this <laughs> Thanks for your input. fantasy police force yeah. this fantasy lapd that like all get up apparently early to go in for a briefing mm-hmm. and where the where chief whatever says 
I know you guys are pulling doubles and and working overtime, and I appreciate you because we all want to get this guy caught. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, movie. Right. This, right. This, because this is LAPD. Priority, num- <laughs> priority number one, the well-being of sex workers. Yeah, always. The LAPD has always had the prior- the uh, well-being of sex right. workers first I, on yeah. their mind. I can really only think of one group that is actually prioritized higher than that, and that yeah. would be black folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. This movie so. really shows caring cops and caring doctors which don't exist in real life <laughs> it's at least it it also Aww. it gives I know. it tries to have it both ways because the cops are, the cops are supposedly caring but they are also inept like they're mm. there's <laughs> and that's the writing's fault but it mm. is it is just it's a funny it's yeah. a funny little thing i did like there's the one great moment where our link um mulky and his one of his many partners uh, yeah. go to see Fivalette at her house, and she's like, "I'm not really dressed." <laughs> and he says, "Oh, it's okay. We're police officers. Yeah, can we come in? I'm not really dressed." <laughs> I it's remember okay. that line getting a big laugh in the theater, <laughs> and I, I still think it's so funny. He's weird. Really... I'm surprised you saw this in the theater because apparently the distribution. This is like what I looked up. This is like the one time I've really agreed with Roger Ebert <laughs> because <laughs> I looked up was this a box office success? Obviously no, no, because the distribution was like. LA and Chicago and Boston and, and it was Tacoma, Washington. And Tacoma, I guess. <laughs> it was like released in like two cities and then went straight to DVD. And what he said about it was that this isn't a good movie, but it shows that this dr- you want to watch what the director makes next. Like you're you're interested enough. Huh. Yeah. You that, want to see Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, I guess is that the, is that his yep. next movie? Mm-hmm. But it's just like that's how that's definitely how I feel about this movie. Where it's like it's not good, but it is. There are things about it that aren't that are like working I, for it. I think what I love about it is its earnestness. I have a there's a uh, we've kind of left the period of earnest thrillers. Like they were left behind in the '80s because it it then became impossible to make an earnest thriller. You had to have a comedian be the lead and everything has to be a joke and mm. there or it has to be absurdly violent as for laughs you know explosions blah 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 this is just an earnest thriller like with with yeah <laughs> with a supernatural element twin, how can i not twist. <laughs> just love this mm-hmm. <laughs> but i do like i like it a lot i like the score i think that uh the score is really nicely um 80s noir that when he goes to buy the gun oh except well <laughs> except for that which i i laughed so much this, at just today <laughs> this whole sequence is kind of confusing because i was like why did you show all of this like it has kind of has nothing to do with the rest of the movie a, a little bit it's just seasoning but he goes in and there's the like a man that's like bookie style man and like a lady in the office and then he's like someone sent me and he's like scram toots or whatever he says yeah, to this girl am and then she hands him a magazine she's like I'm on page fifty one of this like penthouse or whatever and he doesn't even look at it he just hurls it across the room like right in her face mm-hmm. it's like Jesus because he's he's supposed to be the fucking hard boiled yeah he doesn't give a shit. Dude, this twin got all of the empathy and and care. It's so funny to think about James Spader at this moment because, of course, what's like roiling around James Spader and his career at this moment in time is that he has been imprinted as the asshole. Yes. Um, Because he's great. And this movie actually, he's great at it. 
Um, but it's like, I don't think of his face as innately punchable or anything, but mm-hmm. he plays a certain kind of just snide, bitter, dark, you know, the best that could be said is his characters might be stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that yeah, there's something so incredible about seeing him play this um good and well-intentioned young doctor who mm-hmm. just actually has a personality and cute glasses and all oh, the things. And I love his really outfits. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and all doctors dressed like Mark Harmon in summer school. He, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, yeah. I've, it's maybe the only time I've ever seen James Spader playing a, uh, pleasant human. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. someone who you're supposed to empathize with in any way. <laughs> well, I fully thought he was the murderer. I, I guess that they probably wanted me to think that. Up yeah. until the point when it was like uh revealed that he wasn't obviously but Jack. But I love his that like calculated thing and his his voice obviously incredible and he has a calming way of speaking that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I actually I know him best as the office character. Yeah. That's how which I is know a, him best, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> a, but that's a perfect like he was perfectly He's cast like in that himself, and he really yeah. did it up. Like it was a Yeah. It's it was a great. great employment of uh this age of spader yeah totally i feel like at the time of course and this is quite apparent to anyone who knows me of course i'm in the blair or the the andrew mccarthy camp of uh the dreamy (laughs) brat pack and brat pack adjacent actors of which james spader is one Mm. um but I just think he is terrific. You know, I just really have a fondness for him, which is not the same thing as like wanting to hang out with him. But I just feel like that's a tough road to hoe. And he just mm-hmm. occupies it so fully. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fascinating to think about people who start out looking a certain way, but but almost immediately revealing themselves to be actors that are character to actors or actors that are interested in following that that path mm-hmm. and yeah. i always just love that because i feel like it's just not the obvious choice mm. and but it's clearly the most interesting one and so james spader you know his whole career is based on that and he could have just been like a dreamboat mm. and we all know it yeah. he could have just been the asshole dreamboat mm-hmm. he could have flipped it around and just been the dreamboat but realistically can we just talk about how he's in mannequin and how I wish we could watch that next. Uh, I love him and Mannequin. That would be great, but not spooky. Does no. not follow the rules. Also, I feel like Ellen's angling for... Pick, Pick your phone! <laughs> I mean, it's for me, it's very, very obviously Jack, the, the orderly mm-hmm. who is played by... Uh, Rex Ryan, which I, I'm sorry, I, I could not have made up a better name for a sexy big better guy. porn uh, name, yeah, yeah, totally. Rex, Rex Ryan, Ryan, who sadly passed away at 52 in in 2005, oh, no. I, that bummed me out. Oh. Um, and his biggest his biggest notable role was in Beverly Hills Cop as a security guard at the bonding agent at the bonding warehouse, hmm. um, which I also was like, who's that? Yeah, um, yeah, hmm. he's delightfully cute. <laughs> Also, Rex Ryan for me, yep. especially when he yells shit and runs across his living room and throws his <laughs> he TV. throws his TV. Yeah. He's that weirdly hot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He's in a tank top. He looks great. 
It was a hoodie mm-hmm. tank. It was like a hoodie, sleeveless hoodie. Oh, it was. <laughs> such a Muscle Beach moment. Yeah. Was yeah. it a zip up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Must have been. Oh my god. Shit. Um, that's that's a nine, late nineteen eighties deep cut. Yes. <laughs> the sleeveless zip up hoodie. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, with the kangaroo pockets. Sometimes a crop top. Um, yeah. No, oh man. Uh, Joe, they're not called crop tops then. Oh. If you don't mind me correcting you, do you know what they're called? Midriff surprise. <laughs> <laughs> not what not what they're called in your head. <laughs> what um, is it? We at the time we called them half shirts. Oh, if it yeah. was for a man. For women it was a crop top and for men it was a half shirt. Oh. Because it was literally that. half a shirt. Yeah. But yeah, so when everyone was wearing like baseball jerseys that were weirdly cropped yeah. for men yeah all men it's uh-huh. such a weird moment blows my mind how how, is how that even pervasive that was like in, in ma- uh, like masculine male athletes like it yeah. was a it was a specifically masculine thing yeah. which i'm like mm-hmm. okay like do that sure i don't I knew it, <laughs> it was a high-waisted jeans moment there's as so well. many in sleepaway but, camp um so yes. many of those Half shirts. Half, half shirts. Is that your poke? The, uh, <laughs> half shirts. <laughs> no. I guess it would have to be James Spader. I don't know which iteration of James Spader, but it's kind of like a low level poke because I feel like I respect him too much to kind of do that one to sex him up. <laughs> but it, it feels like I do a, do a do a disservice by not just, just acknowledging. But is it Dr. James Spader or shoe clerk James Spader? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, because they're identical, does it really matter? I feel like Dr. James Spader has no sexuality. Yeah. He's, uh... <laughs> whereas whereas shoe, man- shoe Shop Manager James Spader is nothing but he's sexuality. Cool guy, like, yeah. he's just... He's well, just he is a walking erection with a cigarette. Like doctor it's... comes across as a serial killer to me. He seems mm. a very... Oh, he just seems like an idealistic, kind of annoying guy. Like, I... <laughs> hmm. I love him. I love I yeah, but not as annoying as Sydney. Sydney the zombie surgeon. <laughs> right. So Sydney's the killer. That's not really I feel like they could have leaned into more red herring vibes. Um yeah. there could have been a lot more mystery around who the actual killer was, but mm-hmm. that seemed to be just left out there on its own. There's like so much time of them like Scooby doing, Nancy Drewing, and yes. it just it was unnecessary, but I guess it's because we don't get enough opportunity to know or care about the sneaker store brother so we have to spend time with him but it's just kind of like so what what that all reminds me of uh and this is this is this thing done better uh is malice the way way that malice unfolds which is like Mm. serial killer uh but movie's not about a serial killer (laughs) in fact the serial killer is simply there to uh to exonerate the main suspect of this thing yes Uh, so this movie even i remember even when i first saw it forgetting about the jack the ripper stuff entirely because Mm -hmm. now we're just like well jack like the the hot orderly is Mm -hmm. uh, he's gonna kill everybody uh so we're worried and then when it comes back to it to sydney 
I was like, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, <laughs> it's also like the who last. Cares? It wasn't a who cares for me, but it was it was definitely like a oh yeah, that was going on. Like, and when I saw it this, a second time, I remember specifically <laughs> the second time. Yeah, when it opens with the it opens with a uh, a woman in an alley being killed and then a Polaroid being taken, mm. uh, which is was awesome. Uh, but mm. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Uh, second on second viewing, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's this whole fucking Jack the Ripper thing going on." Yeah, which they kind of forget about halfway through a little bit. Yeah. And the it's just yeah. not like there was no like clever twist to it. It was just like that doctor was an asshole the whole time, and then he's the murderer. And it's like I think it would have just been about about the red herrings, about just the tightening it up and uh, reevaluating the pacing yes. for the film. I need but some lots kind of... to work with. There should be yeah. a, a remake, I think. Yeah, that'd be with cool. James Spader as the creepy murder Ugh. doctor. He would be. He's currently perfect for that role. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Who do you? Who would be? Who's your ideal uh, John and Ricky? Oh man, who's that? Who's that guy right now? Adam Driver. No. <laughs> That's he's the it guy right now. I don't know that Adam Driver can be as can do the dual like likable and sleazy. I don't know. Or maybe he can. I don't know. I think he's also too old. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd. I have no yeah. idea. Let's go can it be can it be Zach Efron? <laughs> yes. Actually it could be Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Um oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oops. I didn't need it to tie back. I need all that stuff. Like the psychic twin thing just felt, it all felt like a bunch of random events happening and I need it to like come together somehow, like connect it back to the actual Jack the Ripper somehow. Like I was really ready for like, when are they going to overlay the map of Whitechapel over Echo Park and Uh. (laughs) figure out that he's like doing the same geography. But then I was like, that's going to be so cliche. And then they just didn't even do that. And I was like, oh, Uh, never mind. They needed you in the writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, the, the dangling ends don't really bother me because I don't think they build it up to be, Mm. to have any more meaning than it does, you know? Mm. And I think that there's, like the hypnosis thing and all of the stuff. I, I don't know. Like it feels very measured, but it just doesn't have oomph. Like it just needs some juice. Yeah. yeah. I adore the hypnosis shit. Juice. All the hypnosis shit is so fun to me. Yeah. Um, and that doctor, the the doctor who is another great, like red herring suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he's at home in his weird red velvet house wearing a smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when he is briefing the police officers on the, uh, the profile of their, their killer. He says, mm-hmm. Jack, the Ripper is the harbinger, the mm-hmm. father. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Uh, at that. I did too. <laughs> but I, oh yeah, there's, He's delightful. I also love the whole like, well, I'm going to hypnotize you. And first we're going to do some party tricks. Your arm is as stiff as a board. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. You have to stare into this candle. Gotta do it. Light bulb. I, I feel like, yeah, for me, this is like an enjoyable enough watch. It could have been much, much worse in terms of this director. I do love Roadhouse and I can't even explain it. I saw Roadhouse in the theater and I've gone back to see it in the theater since then. I just have an, a deep affection for it. But I think that this is definitely, I don't often say this, but I think this is definitely ripe for a remake. 
mm-hmm. and it could be a very edgy independent film remake because this, the bones are so good yeah yeah i think so too. and that's kind of that's where i'm at with jack's back yeah um that musical we never got to when <laughs> after they he buys the gun there's like she's like what good is a gun with no bullets? And then it's a shot of the car, and it's like... <laughs> like 80s blues guitar, which is the worst <laughs> the worst possible away. blues guitar. There were also... I was Shazam. I tried to Shazam the song from the intro like five times, and Shazam could not figure out what that was. Oh, because that song was written for the movie. For so movie. yeah, the director wanted... The movie was going to be called Red Rain, named after the Peter Gabriel song Red Rain oh. from the album So. That's a much better title. Yeah. Uh, and then they Although couldn't this, get the rights. much more mournful than menacing. True. Mm. <laughs> they couldn't get the rights to Red Rain. So they created so, a song called Red Harvest. Yeah. <laughs> the, and which is, on, if you listen to it, like he's he's doing a, a decent sound alike and he is darkening it up a bit for, for a thriller. That's funny. Um, and then, but the, this is what cracks me up is that the studio was like, no, you're not calling it Red Rain. That doesn't have anything to do with the with the movie anymore. You're going to call it Jack's Back. Yeah. Which my yeah, mom kept so waiting funny. to find out what was on his back. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> She's Jack's like, what's back? The fuck is up with this guy's back? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It's a map of Whitechapel. It is. <laughs> I just feel like I can't get over that the fake suicide scene god it's just so visceral it's really good unexpectedly it's good it's, it's long it's mm. it it goes into every like element oh, of it like it's, it's so him kicking over the chair the, it ending that way is so i think it's super well done like it's well that's a moment when you start to believe that he could be the killer because he has the wherewithal mm-hmm. he's not only just choked and then hung yeah. James Spader to die in front of him but he places the chair strategically underneath his feet and then he pushes it back so that it's p- placed exactly right and it's a, a flash of intelligence that that character is not afforded prior yeah. to that which is interesting so when people have a demonic intelligence mm-hmm. like it's a game changer right so yeah. that is pointing us towards him as the killer but interesting you know and- yeah i'm just it's confusing about he was working with the doctor i think that's just like the case because it must have been so why would he kill him otherwise I'm, i'll i'll take that i yeah. i think he was i think it was self-preservation more than um more than devotion huh okay interesting because yeah he was they they do they briefly give you a little rundown of his his criminal history mm-hmm. um mm. which is honestly like i think today was the first time i ever noticed they even did that <laughs> Yeah. I just go along with whatever a movie tells me. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to. <laughs> sure. And then you realize. I mean, that's the world that you're supposed to be in. Yeah. yeah. Don't when... look out the window. <laughs> but what I did is when Jack like got, finally got arrested, I moved the mouse to see how much was left. And I was like, oh, here comes a twist. <laughs> there's definitely, there's like 20 minutes left. So just enough time I to have a twist. For me, it's so funny because who gives a fuck anymore about who the serial killer is? I no know. one. No. Yeah. yeah. It's well. Supposedly the police. <laughs> yeah, not really though. Not really. But they didn't build Sydney up enough as a character either to like have that be 
very shocking i know it's like he's an asshole so it's like and yeah you already like, don't like him yeah we're but we're used so used to red herrings in movies at this point that it's like you can't make him be really extra good this angelic doctor because then he definitely did it but it's like uh, yeah who gives a fuck you're right it's like i did not care at all and it was just like okay <laughs> oh my gosh where do we go from here i know um is it link link time or do you yes. have any more notes I probably do, but I think it's linked. Kind of. I think I've been in um, Ricky's oh. apartment. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah. I love that building. It's cool. I do too. It's really great. And that if if it, I'm positive that it is that apartment. Yeah, and the um, view nice. of Echo Park is stunning. I know. I love it. Yeah, that whole side of Echo Park where the uh, where the free clinic was is has been demolished since then, oh, uh, which yeah. is really sad. But there. I think they're talking about the twin. I don't know any of the names, but the police are like, he was a member of the Aces Street Gang. Yes. And the other one goes, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> our, like... our Link, who uh, is real, real, he's having a real good time being a cop. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Link time. <clears throat> okay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wait, I lost it. I lost it. I lost Why were it. hubcaps such a prized possession in the 80s and 90s? Do hubcaps still get stolen? No, because hubcaps, hubcaps don't really exist anymore. <laughs> were they, like, you could sell hubcaps and get money? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Huh. It's so strange. Hubcaps. What the hell happened? It's because your car looks like shit if you lose one. Yeah. That's why. How embarrassing to not have hubcaps. I love his car too. He drives this like red, beaten up slug bug around. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, those those twins really have good taste in cars. <laughs> Their yeah, yeah, the vehicles were really on point. <laughs> Damn, what, did you forget I, your link? I did. I this, how is that even possible? I don't know. Wait, am I looking at the wrong guy? <laughs> Should we skip you? No, I mean I have I had an alternate and I guess I'm choosing the alternate. Um Oh. This is this is weirding me out. Either way, my link was Ron Loomis, Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> and I guess we're going with Body Double, Brian De Palma's nineteen eighty four mm -hmm. uh thriller, which mm -hmm. is a movie that I've hated almost my whole life. Until I watched it last year, and suddenly everything clicked, and I love it. Hmm. Huh. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, we love a De Palma. Uh, I chose Robert Picardo, who was the psychic, right? Uh, Do we know he's this? He's the, yeah, the hypnotist. Hypnotist, yeah. It's and a, he's there. He was a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. He's <laughs> oh, been sorry. in so much shit. It's crazy. Like the temptation. Right. So much Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Exactly. Star Trek. First contact. The there were so many temptations, munchies, <laughs> deadly matrimony, gremlins to the new batch. Oh lord! Uh, Explorers, which I love. Oh, Explorers is amazing. Legend, which it looks crazy, and then the Page Master. But I, what I'm choosing is. Oh, I like Legend. Yeah, I've never seen that. What you like, Legend? It's like fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, I saw that in the theater. Oh. Wow. Huh. Um, That's shocking. I like the way to me. it looks. I like yeah. the way it looks. I like it. I like the way it looks as well. I'm choosing The Howling. Ooh. Oh, my God. I love The Howling. 81. And we were talking about this recently with somebody, and they said it was actually really good. I love The Howling. So, it's a okay, good movie. Great. Yeah. I love nice. it. Hey, Ellen. 
Okay. All right. Well, I have two very different roads to potentially travel with my links. And so I'll defer to the group in terms of choosing. So the one thing, because obviously this just made me uh, spiral into a thought cyclone about twins and what it means to be a twin and why are twins characterized as creepy and da 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 da. And so I started thinking about all the different films I've seen where twins are vaguely creepy and there are so many, <laughs> but I was going to extract from Jack's back what I think is the, really at the core, which is twins. And I was just going to go with, um, is it the Grady twins in The Shining? Uh, yes. I was going to pull us into The Shining. I was going to take Ooh. us to the Overlook Hotel, but... I have a, one other option. And so I also followed um, Rod Loomis, but I followed him to a little show we call Quantum Leap. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's right. We've finally achieved Bacula, Bacula. potentially. <laughs> yeah, potential Bacula. And he stars as the butler in an episode originally airing on February 9th, 1993, entitled blood moon and then quantum leap always gives the date of the date that he's leaping to and so it's blood moon march 10th 1975 would you like to hear the description because we all know what the shining is yes yeah okay the description of this episode is sam leaps into an english castle where the occupants practice vampire rituals he must save the young wife of the castle owner oh um i'm if we're choosing between your two links, I'm choosing Quantum Leap. Wow. Okay. Wow. Joe? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I think, I would love to watch The Shining and talk about it, but it's, I feel like it's been done so much, so let's it's, do Quantum Leap. Yeah, I've, I've. All right, it's Quantum been Leap it's been it done is. To death, it Shining. has been done to death. So, it would be fun to talk about it, of course. Totally. And uh, then, uh, yeah, we'll get Bacula Dracula. Yes. <laughs> also, <laughs> which is great. Uh, all right, spin that wheel. Memnock, okay, what are we watching? Here we go. Oh, it's me. Oh, oh Quantum Leap. <laughs> quantum Leap. Ellen again. I love this, it. This, I need a new wheel app because it's very unsatisfying how slow our wheel spins. Oh, I thought you were just going to say it's very unsatisfying how often Ellen gets <laughs> How often it chooses Ellen. Yeah. We need a new app because it chooses Ellen too much. <laughs> uh, Ellen, do you happen to know what season? Season five, episode 15. Ooh, Exciting. Late in the game. You know, okay. you're talking about mm -hmm. twins being portrayed as creepy all the time. And they're also very weirdly portrayed as sexy, too. And that is something that is really That's troubling. disgusting. Yeah. 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 So Quantum Leap Season 5, Episode 15, Blood Moon, is available on Peacock. It's available on Roku Channel. It's You can rent it for $1.99 on Prime. Um, those are the current ways to watch this with us. What a deal. And listener. I hope that uh, I hope that you didn't hate Jack's back if you watched it. Uh, I hope <laughs> I I dare I hope that you liked it as much as I did. No, but just that you didn't you didn't curse my name for choosing it because how could you? Uh, thanks anyway. But let us know if you watched it and what you thought. You I can didn't, write to us. What? Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't hate it. I just nothing it sort of. I I so <laughs> wish that we could have sat and watched it 
I know. Like at for night, real. Yeah. for real. But we both were kind of watching it. It's been we're a busy. really busy, been really busy. busy week. So we're both, we've both had to kind of just cram it, it in, in there. <laughs> and I didn't even get to finish it. <laughs> but I will. Um, after I drive an Uber for eight hours today. Great. Uh, all right. Write to us. It was murderpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at it was murderpod and Twitter Send at it was minute, murderpod. Minute maxes of quantum Send leap. Send us your quantum leap. Season five, episode fifteen, minute max. Um, I know a lot of baculites out there. Maybe we'll catch catch one of you. Uh, Bacula heads. I already know what my link will be. <laughs> wow. Um, with that, rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. Yes, it's helpful. Five stars. Five stars. Uh, and with that, that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. And as always, good night, freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway.